Lawyers gave their closing arguments in the Rittenhouse trial today, and the National Guard has been activated in Wisconsin ahead of the verdict. Big Tech has also gone into overdrive to try to censor the realities of this trial and the live streams and the truth regarding all of it. And in COVID news, a young second grader from Florida has been suspended from school 38 times for saying no to mask mandates. And a man here in Texas was denied medical care for COVID because of his skin tone. All of that and more on today's episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to this very special episode. Now, why is today a special day, my friends? Well, today happens to be my one-year anniversary a year. A year ago today, Twitter banned my account at 122,000 followers. A lot of you ask me why I'm not on Twitter, where I am on that platform. Well, a year ago today, Donald Trump retweeted my work on the ground covering the Million MAGA March. Uh, all of the supporters there were singing the national anthem. It was a beautiful moment. I panned the crowd. It got almost 10 million views, resulting in my entire reporting career, which I had worked on for three years, covering riots, rallies, protests, man in the street events, all deleted off the face of the earth. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, of course, we know the Rittenhouse trial is going on today. And we know that big tech and the media, the mainstream media, has played a very big role in controlling the narrative. And we know that he who controls the flow of information controls our perspective and our thoughts and our perception on reality. And so in bringing up my one year anniversary, it's just a reminder of who is really in charge of our reality every single day. The truth is not allowed to prosper. The truth is not allowed to grow in society. It's hidden, which is pretty crazy because you think that, you know, People would want to know the truth. You think that telling the truth in today's society, especially in a case like the Rittenhouse trial, one that is a very high profile case, one that is going to determine the history, not the history, but the future for generations of Americans to come. You think that that's something that we would want the cut and dry, open and honest truth about. But we don't get that in America, not in 2021, not for the past couple of years, really. As soon as Donald Trump got into office, it was full scale attack on the truth, on the, the right, on anybody, really, who had the audacity to tell the truth, which is why we're seeing things like this coming out. Team YouTube, apparently to reduce targeted dislike attacks and their impact on creators, especially on smaller creators, is saying that we'll no longer be seeing a public dislike count on YouTube starting today. And that came out November 10th. So that was about five days ago. Uh, they said that the dislike button is staying. And this comes after a lot of research, testing and consideration. Now, somebody answer this question for me. Why would YouTube do this? Why would they reduce their targeted dislike attacks? Uh, maybe it's because of videos like this one from Joe Biden, where you see 405 upvotes and 4,000 downvotes. I'm going to wait for my computer to catch up here. Hopefully it does so I can show you guys what I'm referencing here. But basically, uh, it's this video from YouTube of Joe Biden has 4,000 downvotes. And then we flip over to the official Dr. Fauci documentary, 128,000 downvotes on that one. What about Mayor Pete, his new uh, documentary that's coming out from Amazon Prime, 10,000 downvotes. And uh, Stephen Colbert on his vaccine musical, 34,000 downvotes. Yeah, I wonder why they're taking away that YouTube dislike button. Maybe it's because they realize that the American public hates the regime that is currently in power, that has been installed, and they have to hide the truth around how the public actually feels about them. 
Now, I saw this story over the weekend, very well worth mentioning. A communist leader was served gold flex steak and the video of it has vanished. Now, this is an interesting story because it really reminds me of what we're seeing going on in America today. Videos just vanishing like, you know, certain clips of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial or clips of Black Lives Matter violence or Antifa violence or maybe clips of January 6ers being peaceful and actually rescuing police officers and, you know, guiding them out of the mob to safety. All of those get deleted. That's what this reminded me of. Communist leader was served gold flex steak over this past weekend, and the video of it has since vanished. Now, this was a top Communist Party leader from Vietnam who was in London visiting the grave of Karl Marx. Apparently, while he was there, he ate a steak covered in 24 karat gold flakes at a restaurant owned by social media star Salt Bay. Of course, many uh, details of the meal were unavailable, including who else was in attendance, and the short-lived video incited anger in Vietnam, where it, where it appeared to undermine the egalitarian image the Communist Party has studiously cultivated. The video also put on Facebook, um, the social media platform that often faced pressure from the Vietnamese government to censor content, uh, apparently... The widely used hashtag for the chef Salt Bay was temporarily blocked after this video came out. And then, of course, it just, you know, disappeared from the face of the earth. So, uh, yeah, when you see communist leaders eating gold flake steaks while their people are starving, those videos have to get censored really quickly. And right now we're currently living through the conditioning of YouTube Facebook and Twitter censoring all of the information in regards to high profile cases, in regards to what really happened on January 6th, in regards to independent reporters going out and trying to show people what was going on at Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots because the media refused to do it. Remember that last year, CNN was standing in front of a literal dumpster fire saying that it's a mostly peaceful protest out here. Yes, there's some rioting and looting, but it's okay. It's just uh, reparations when you see black people leaving the Louis Vuitton store and mass with bags in hand. Well, it's just reparations. Okay. It's just poor people who had been denied the basic necessities of life, like a Louis Vuitton purse. All right. I'm glad we're all on the same page with that. That is the media. And that is what we're allowed to see. And that is the narrative that is allowed to prosper in society today. Now let's go ahead and jump straight into the Rittenhouse case. A lot of people have been talking about this. So we're going to rapid fire through it because I just want to give you guys the cut and dry details, show you guys how the narrative is being manipulated. And then I really want to get into COVID news because there's some insane stuff going on right now. And I feel like that really is the more important portion of the news we should be focused in on. Granted, the Rittenhouse trial, of course, is of great importance. So let's jump right in, starting off with the fact that the court found Kyle Rittenhouse lawfully carried the AR-15 on the night of August 25th, 2020, when he was in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, the reason why this is important is because this came out and immediately, actually last week, the Wisconsin governor decided to mobilize National Guard in Kenosha ahead of the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Now, if you've been watching this trial, if you've been watching this case, if you've seen the videos and you have followed what happened in this series of events, you would know that Kyle Rittenhouse acted out in self-defense. And you would know that the left has been calling for Kyle Rittenhouse's head. They've already been calling for violence. And it doesn't matter if you acted out in self-defense. It doesn't matter if justice is actually on your side because Black Lives Matter and Antifa don't want justice. They want mob rule and they want the white man to suffer in this country, which is why we are seeing National Guard being mobilized ahead of the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Now, who is responsible for the mobilization of 
the National Guard? Why are they essential? Why do we feel like we need to bring in government troops, if you will, to come and protect a very small Wisconsin city ahead of this trial, ahead of this verdict? Because the left is absolutely insane. And the left is insane because they listen to the mainstream media who continues to lie to them every single day. Again, PolitiFact initially came out and said that Kyle Rittenhouse illegally had his AR-15, he illegally crossed state lines, and he couldn't have it in Wisconsin. Verifiably false, now he's been acquitted of that charge. But the left is going to think that this judge is just siding with Kyle Rittenhouse because of his white privilege and is actually acquitting him of very legitimate and valid charges. Another thing that the media refused to talk about is that Kyle Rittenhouse volunteered in Kenosha, worked in Kenosha, had several family members in Kenosha, and from, I believe it was called Antioch, Illinois, where he was from, from Illinois to Wisconsin, that drive was about 31 minutes. So that was Kyle's community. He frequented Kenosha many a time, and a lot of people pointed to Wisconsin law regarding this, this gun charge, regarding uh, Kyle bringing this gun across state lines a year ago. And we're trying to say, well, this is what the law states. This is actually, you know, what, what could be brought forth against Kyle and what couldn't. But the media refused to report on that. The media has continued to try to drive the narrative towards more racial strife in this country. And we're seeing that every single day, despite the fact that this prosecution has been an absolute joke. And we're going to be playing some videos here in a second. It's absolutely baffling to me that if you have not watched this trial yourself, and if you have just listened to the mainstream media, you would think that Kyle Rittenhouse is a Nazi white supremacist who went to go on a crazed shooting spree to kill everybody in sight and is now benefiting off of white privilege. That's what you would think if you were listening to MSNBC, CNN, take your pick of any of these awful news sources. Now let's listen into the prosecution and how they've dealt with this case, starting off with our right to self-defense. Because we all know that it isn't just Rittenhouse who is on trial. It's also the Second Amendment. And that has been made very clear with the prosecution statements today. Let's listen. Convince you that Joseph Rosenbaum was going to take that gun and use it on the defendant because they know you can't claim self-defense against an unarmed man like this. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one who brought the gun, when you're the one creating the damage. Okay, no, that is not how the Second Amendment works. You lose the right to self-defense when you're the one that brought the gun. With that same logic, if somebody breaks into your home and then you have a gun next to you, well, technically you brought the gun. You're the one that had the gun. The burglar didn't have the gun. He was just in your house trying to, you know, steal your stuff. You didn't have to act so violently. Oh, you had a gun in your car and then someone came up to you and tried to rob you or rape you. And as a woman, you shot back. Well, you brought the gun, so you don't have a right to self-defense. That is absolutely ridiculous and not how the Second Amendment works in the slightest. So that's this prosecution and that's his view on the Second Amendment. Now let's go ahead and listen to his view on Joseph Rosenbaum being in Kenosha and why this prosecutor thinks that Kyle Rittenhouse was wrong to react in the way that he did in self-defense. He just happens to stumble into it. So what does he do that night? Oh, let me tell you all the awful things Joseph Rosenbaum did. He tipped over a porta potty that had no one in it. He swung a chain. He lit a metal garbage dumpster on fire. 
Oh, and there's this empty wooden flatbed trailer that they pulled out in the middle of the road and they tipped it over to stop some bear cats and they lit it on fire. Oh, and he said some bad words. He said the N-word. Okay, so let's just go over what just happened. Um, all Rosenbaum did that night was tip over a porta potty, light a dumpster on fire, swing the chain, tip over a trailer and set that on fire, say the N-word, and then also uh, the prosecution forgot to add, um, attempted a murder Kyle Rittenhouse. That's all he did that night. And then Kyle decided to act out in self-defense. I mean, come on, guys. Is this an episode of South Park? Is this real life? This prosecution is a complete joke. And I love this clip. I freaking love this clip. All he did that night was light things on fire and break some windows and attempt to murder a couple of people. Kyle Rittenhouse. Good Lord, you didn't have to act out in self-defense the way that you did. You didn't have to act so crazy, Kyle. You're the bad one in this situation because you decided to go to your community from a insane pedophile who's trying to murder you what is wrong with you kyle rittenhouse this prosecution is amazing i, I truly feel like this is such a blessing to get to watch this in live time and live through this point in history i've never seen a man so stupid in my life and this is a picture that was circulating all day of binger who is holding up an AR-15. And for those people in the chat that are watching this show live, what is wrong with this picture? Anybody who has the most basic training in gun safety would immediately see what is wrong with this. Now, Binger is pointing an AR-15 with his finger on the trigger at the jurors. Now, people decided to put this picture up next to a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse on the night of the uh, Kenosha riot in which he was being chased down by an insane mob. And Kyle Rittenhouse, while his life was being threatened and he was being chased in an angry mob in what looked like a war zone, Elijah Schaefer actually just put a clip up on his Twitter account from that night because he was doing live commentary. He's showing buildings that are engulfed in flames, cars with their windows smashed out, complete riot, no police in sight because it was just insane. I remember in Philadelphia last year, there was too many people rioting and looting that the police just blocked off an entire mile of roads and let the people riot. They let them loot. They were like, well, there's nothing that we can do. The Chick-fil-A is all yours. Have at it with the Lowe's and the Walmart. I watched people driving away with boxes of like brand new pots and pans that they looted from a Walmart on top of their car and they just drove past the police and the police were like, goodbye, have a good night. So in regards to these situations, the police aren't doing anything. Kyle Rittenhouse in the middle of all of this still is practicing proper gun safety. He doesn't have his finger on that trigger because we all know you do not put your finger on the trigger of a gun unless you're ready to shoot, which clearly Binger in the middle of this trial was ready to do today. So that is this prosecution. He's an absolute joke and I forever will think that it, that is my my favorite clip, all Joseph Rosenbaum did was light a couple of things on fire and swing a chain and attempt to attack a minor and murder him. Also, he has a past, uh, you know, a history with pedophilia and um, the other guy that Kyle Rittenhouse shot has a uh, repeated criminal history of domestic abuse. But we're just going to brush over that. It's really not that big of a deal, guys. So what else did this prosecution bring forth? I usually do two shows a week. Last week, I only gave you guys one via podcast. And so I kept a couple of really just golden quotes from this prosecution. So we could all just sit together and bask in the absolute insanity of this person. 
So Jack Posobiec tweeted this one out from the trial. Um, per the pro prosecution, why didn't you just leave your AR-15 on the ground and walk away, Kyle? Yeah, Kyle, uh, why didn't you just put your gun down in the middle of a situation where an angry mob that was trying to murder you was chasing after you? Why didn't you just put the gun down and walk away, Kyle? This is definitely on you. That's this prosecution. But it gets so much better, my friends. He also said that all... Um, Grosskreutz had, he's the Antifa member who got his bicep shot off. He said, all he had was a handgun. Why would you think that he's a threat? You have an AR-15. Can you help me understand that? Kyle responds with, he was advancing at me with a gun in his hand. So that is this prosecution. Sir, point blank, a gun is a gun, whether or not it's an AR-15 or a handgun. If somebody is pointing a gun at you, your life is at risk, especially if they're like, hey, I'm going to kill you and pointing a gun at you, or they're lunging for your gun and trying to grab it from you. That's usually, a, you know, an opening cut, uh, open and closed case of self-defense if you decide to, you know, shoot somebody in that type of situation. Ah, man, it, it continues to get better. Stick with me, guys. So uh, Ian Miles Chong, and again, this is all from last week. The prosecutor is grilling Rittenhouse for not administering first aid to the three people who tried to kill him. You couldn't make this up. This prosecution, again, just straight up gift from God. Like, did somebody write his character up in a South Park episode and then accidentally through some, I don't know, manifestation via another dimension, create him in real life and then put him in this trial to bless all of us with this complete comedy show? It's not funny. Like, I don't even like that Rittenhouse is on trial. I think that it's absolutely ridiculous that he is. But we couldn't have asked for a better prosecutor, to be quite honest with you. And people are even making jokes about this guy. Like, you know what? If I ever get put on trial for, uh, you know, again, defending myself or any two-way issue, I'm just going to ask for Binger to be my prosecutor and I think I'll be okay. This guy's a national laughingstock, which is why the media is going into overtime and working extremely hard to try to censor the truth around what is currently going on with this trial. And we saw that today when all independent streams of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial were taken down by YouTube over policy violations. Rakita Law, who has done a great job of following this trial, he is a lawyer. He's been uh, gathering other lawyers and attorneys to commentate on the trial live every single day. He's had one of the biggest audiences while he's done that. His stream was taken down this morning, and the only stream that was left untouched was from CBS News. Their stream was fine. Really interesting that how that happened. Rakita Law's stream since went back up, but it was just super weird how YouTube decided to target all of these independent creators who were actually trying to show the truth of what was going on during closing arguments today, especially because the prosecution got completely obliterated during closing arguments and they were a laughing stock as they were throughout this entire trial. But why do we see big tech going into overdrive and having to shut down the closing arguments, having to shut down the stream? Why do we see Twitter and Facebook saying, if you defended Kyle Rittenhouse, we are going to suspend you. We're going to delete the comments. You can't say that here. Why are we seeing that? Because again, like we talk about, they have to be able to incite another race war via a specific narrative, which is why we see all of the truth silenced, but we see people like Joe Scarborough allowed to talk on his national broadcast television show to millions of people and say things like this. Let's listen. So just generally, here we have a 17-year-old kid, underage, said he bought an AR-15 because he thought it was cool. He drove across state, had his mother drive him across state lines. He appointed himself a militia member. He goes around and he ends up unloading, what, 60 rounds, kills 
two people, wounds a third person. This is behavior that we, and I say we, I'm talking about conservatives, liberals, gun right uh, supporters, uh, uh, gun control supporters. We as a society, this is behavior that we as a society want uh, to, uh, to discourage. So the question is, what law is in place? So Rittenhouse and Rittenhouse is in the future. Don't say, hey, you know what? Uh, hell's breaking loose across the border in Georgia. I'm going to get my AR-15, skip school on Friday and go up. And, and, and I, I'm saying, though, if you're in Florida, I'm going to go across and I'm going to go. Okay, I'm done listening to that clip because Joe Scarborough is a complete idiot and the amount of disinformation in that one minute that we just listened to is making my blood boil. Let's start off with the, he unloaded 60 rounds and killed two people and wounded a third. He did not unload 60 rounds and Joe Scarborough has since come out and corrected his claim and he said he unloaded his rounds in 60 seconds, which also was incorrect in itself. This guy's a freaking liar. He went up in front of millions of people and lied to them. And then also he's like, what laws do we have in place to prevent this from happening again? Well, maybe the media like MSNBC shouldn't be encouraging Black Lives Matter and Antifa to burn down our entire country for a year. Maybe they shouldn't have been inciting violence on this street by actually encouraging BLM and telling them that it was reparations and that they deserve to do this and that rioting is the, the voice of the unheard. Maybe that, Joe Scarborough, maybe we should make laws against arson and murdering people like David Dorn, who was protecting his friend's business and then was murdered by Black Lives Matter rioters. Maybe we should make laws against going and looting businesses because you're angry about the fact that George Floyd, who died from a fentanyl overdose on his own accord, he made that decision to do that, said he couldn't breathe in the back of the police car. Maybe if the media hadn't run with the false narrative and incited racial tension so high in this country and then encouraged Black Lives Matter to burn down our entire country, maybe then this wouldn't have happened. But no, nobody wants to talk about that. And let's talk about Kenosha too. The, the reason why the riot in Kenosha happened was because of Jacob Blake, the shooting of Jacob Blake, who was wielding a knife and was shot by police officers because he was just sexually assaulting a woman and then tried to lunge at police with the knife. That's why he got shot. But what did Black Lives Matter do? They went and they burned down an entire city because another criminal got shot by police. So to Joe Scarborough, what laws do we have in place? We have the actual laws. We have police in place for a reason. But because of the media and because of people like you, this is what happens. And people like Kyle Rittenhouse are heroes. And they felt the need to go stand up because we lack real men in this country who would stand up for their communities. We lack police because the left have severely defunded them. And we have mobs of insane psychopathic criminals roaming our streets and thinking they can burn down our entire country because the media enable it, because leftist politicians enable it, because also Republican politicians enable it, because we don't come down hard enough on criminals in this society. I don't even know what needs to be done at this point, and I'm just ranting, but Joe Scarborough is a criminal in himself. He is a, he's the problem. And I honestly am at the point where I'm starting to call all these members of the media straight up criminals because they are spreading so much lies and disinformation that they are ruining people's lives. They are trying to get Kyle Rittenhouse killed and don't get it twisted because that's their ultimate goal. They view the right as their enemies. They view anybody who is pro 2A, pro freedom, pro First Amendment as their enemies. And they want us killed in society. They want us dead and they want our rights taken away. So Joe Scarborough is a criminal. He should be 100% sued for this type of defamation, this type of libel slander. Take your pick on what it is. All of these members of the media need to be held accountable.
Because everything that they accuse the right of doing, inciting violence and being white supremacist and racist, is everything that they are. And it's disgusting, and we cannot stand for it. So they need to be held responsible. They need to be held accountable because they have been allowed to run rampant in this country for far too long, lying to us, and Again, dictating our reality based on lies. And then who gets deleted off the face of the earth? Whose truthful reporting gets deleted? People like me, people like Elijah Schaefer, Drew Hernandez, Julio Rosas, Owen Schreier, Alex Jones, Michael Flynn, Donald Trump. We all get deleted. James O'Keefe, take your pick. The people in society who are actually trying to cut through the disinformation and show the people what's really going on, we are the one that gets silenced. We are the ones that get punished because we push back against the regime that is currently in power. We push back against authoritarianism and the elitists in power hate it. All right, I'm going to calm down now. That really pissed me off. I have spoken to members of Kyle Rittenhouse's family. Elijah and I actually shot an episode with his mother. We got to meet her in person and watching what she's had to go through with this and watching what Kyle has had to go through with this, a 17-year-old kid who acted out in point-blank self-defense is disgusting. And again, the Antifa member who attempted to murder Kyle Rittenhouse, who's just walking free willy-nilly going on media news hits, he actually attempted murder. No trial. Kyle Rittenhouse acted out in self-defense. His life will be fundamentally changed forever and he will never be able to live a normal life again because he had the audacity to go and defend his community. And again, let's just, you know, circle through a couple more headlines about how big tech is allowed to silence all of this. Daily Mail, Facebook data scientists accuse colleagues of being drunk on the absolute power of being in control of U.S. civics for censoring comments in support of Kenosha gunman Kyle Rittenhouse. Even further, Jack Posobiec points out, Facebook and Twitter censored anyone from defending Kyle Rittenhouse and labeled him a mass murderer. His legal team wasn't even allowed to crowdsource their defense fund. Yes, GoFundMe shut down that account. Let's keep going. The Libertarian Party says, you can make up complete lies about Kyle Rittenhouse and you won't get banned. But if you say Kyle Rittenhouse was innocent, you will be. And he they reference Ayanna Presley, who says, a 17-year-old white supremacist domestic terrorist drove across state lines armed with an AR-15. He shot and killed two people who had assembled to affirm the value, dignity, and worth of black lives. Fix your damn headlines. Oh, my freaking goodness. This is a, a member of Congress, people. I also saw tweets circulating from other lunatic leftist blue check marks saying that black people should be given a day or two off of work after the Rittenhouse verdict, whether he's found guilty or acquitted, because it's going to be so hard for them to have to work under these conditions. I'm so tired of this nonsense in society. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's so funny that they're trying to make this about Black Lives Matter when it was three white men that were shot that night. But the majority of Americans think it was uh, three black men, by the way. Also, this is how the media decided to phrase Twitter specifically, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, because last week on the stand, he started crying. He was showing textbook signs of PTSD when talking about what happened when he did have to act out in self-defense. He broke out in tears, poor kid. And what did Twitter do? Twitter said, after Kyle Rittenhouse broke into tears at his 
homicide trial on Wednesday, some recall Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's tearful testimony at his confirmation hearing amid allegations of sexual assault. So Twitter immediately went to suggesting that Kyle Rittenhouse was like Brett Kavanaugh, who we can, you know, try to say is tied to sexual assault allegations. And remember Christine Blasey Ford, she was so brave to come up in front of Americans and then Brett Kavanaugh pretended to cry. And we're seeing the same thing with Kyle Rittenhouse. He's so bad. He's a white supremacist. That's how Twitter allowed that to trend. And then we saw people like LeBron James, the biggest crybaby in the damn NBA coming forward and saying, oh, Kyle Rittenhouse broke out in tears. What tears? I didn't see one. Man, knock it off. That boy ate some lemonheads before walking into court. And then he laughs it off. LeBron James is such a damn joke. And I hate seeing his takes on anything. He's the biggest baby in the freaking NBA. I'm trying not to curse right now. But LeBron... You are the last person who needs to be speaking on any issue like this because one, you would never be in a situation like this because you have no bulls and you could never ever, and we would never expect you to stand up for anybody in society, which is why you shill for China, you piece of crap. All right, we're done on LeBron because I'm just going to get too angry. Let's move on to David Leviatt, who is a member of the media. His bylines are of CBS, AXS, Yahoo, The Examiner, and he's an award-winning multi-journalist. He tweets out, Kyle Rittenhouse is a worthless piece of SHIT who belongs to rot behind bars for the rest of his miserable effing life. So that's our members of the media. And then we have good old Anna Navarro as well with her two cents saying that Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed Anthony Huber, 26, Joseph Rosenbaum, 36, and injured Gaze Grotzkutz, now 27. Think about how much their loved ones have cried real anguish and grief, not crocodile tears. And then she puts up a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse. Anna Navarro, CNN contributor, who are you defending here in this tweet? Let's let's take a peek at that because for some reason everybody forgot who the hell these people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot actually were. Let's start off with Joseph Rosenbaum. Rittenhouse killed Joseph Rosenbaum who was indicted on 11 counts of child molestation and inappropriate sexual activity around children, including anal rape. The victims were five boys ranging in age from nine to 11 years old. This is who the left is mourning. That is who Anna Navarro is defending. That's who everyone on all of these mainstream media outlets and all of these leftists who are saying that Kyle Rittenhouse House is a white supremacist and these were victims. This is who they're defending, a pedophile. And can somebody answer the question why this man was walking out on the streets of America if he was indicted on 11 counts of child molestation? He should have been rotting in prison. Why the hell was he out in Kenosha allowed to riot and loot and commit arson? Somebody answer me that. And then let's look at Gage Grosskreutz. So apparently... He was convicted of a criminal misdemeanor in 2016 for going armed with a firearm while intoxicated. And he confirmed in court that he did have this one criminal conviction. And then Anthony Huber, he was convicted from 2018 as a domestic abuse repeater. And you guys can see all of the charges here. Um, <clears throat> Uh, second degree rec recklessly endangering safety, uh, use of a dangerous weapon, domestic abuse, strangulation, suffocation, domestic abuse, false imprisonment, uh, domestic abuse, battery, misdemeanor charge, domestic abuse. We could go on and on. So this, these are the people that the left is defending, and it's absolutely disgusting. The left will start nothing short of defending a pedophile. That's who these people are, and that is... Who's allowed to dictate the narrative in society? And it gets so much worse. We had Tariq Nish.
Jeet also coming out and saying that many people suspect that Judge Bruce E. Schroeder is team white supremacy. Would this explain why he seems so biased and has been coddling Kyle Rittenhouse throughout the entire trial? And then Tariq Nasheed puts up a picture of the judge holding up the OK sign because many people like myself talk with their hands a lot. And this judge was doing that very thing. He did this whole thing. Tariq Nasheed said it's because he's a white supremacist. Tariq also came forward and was saying that back in the day during Jim Crow laws, when people were trying to stand up for black men, uh, you know, there were good white men that would try to stand up for the black men and then they would get shot and killed. And he's trying to equate that to what happened to Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber and Gage Grosskreutz. So he's a freaking idiot, bro. And I just, I really can't deal with this. And the media as well was trying to slander uh, the judge in this case as a white supremacist. They're saying that he constantly interfered with the prosecution and that he was biased and he needed to be uh, taken out of the trial because his ringtone was uh, God bless America or I'm proud to be an American. I can't remember which one, but basically anything pro America and that should say all we need to know is, I guess, biased at this point. You know, back in the day, it was you wear a MAGA hat or you wave a Trump flag, you're immediately getting attacked. Now, I bet if you go to a BLM or an Antifa event, and actually, I've already seen it happen in lifetime with my own two eyes. You go to one of those events, you have an American flag, you're public enemy number one. Now, finally, we have insane leftists, and we'll end here. Uh, 11 ways fascists and their sympathizers are defending Kyle Rittenhouse. So this is some e-thought Twitch streamer who says that the 11 ways that fascists are defending Kyle Rittenhouse are, one, by saying he was acting in self-defense and defending property. Two, that he was crying real tears. Three, that he deserves due process, which, uh, you know, is usually a, a part of our judicial system and the way that things work in this country. I, I don't know. Four, this isn't about white supremacy because the victims were white. Five, he's being vilified by the media and we don't know all the facts. Six, how is Kyle racist? How is this white supremacy? How was he not acting in self-defense or other incessant questions? Seven, the facts of the case actually are. Eight, put yourself in his shoes. Nine, the victims were no angels. Ten, but I thought you were anti-prison. And eleven, the court system is impartial and if he is acquitted, we must respect the results. So apparently these are the top 11 ways that fascists are defending Kyle Rittenhouse by using the facts of this case, by asking how this is about white supremacy, when again, like we talked about, the people that Kyle Rittenhouse did shoot were white. And it's so funny because the left is trying to use this example. And let me see if I can find this tweet really quick. Um, basically, this blue check mark goes, how would we respond if a black man crossed state lines and went and shot three white men. And I'm sad I don't have the tweet up right here because my response to that would have been, well, if a black man, let's put actually here because Kyle Rittenhouse was a white man that crossed state lines and three other white men, we'd have to, you know, parallel your analogy in the same way. If a black man crossed state lines and shot three other black men, we wouldn't care about it and neither would Black Lives Matter as we see happen in Chicago every single weekend minus the crossing of state lines because nobody cares on black on black crime. They only care about it when it's a white man who kills a black person or whatever. We've seen all the racial strife in this country. So that is how the media and the left have created and crafted this narrative. That is how the insane liberals who should be in mental, inst mental institutions 
have tried to alter reality and have tried to make comparisons about how Kyle is benefiting off of white privilege. And if he was black, this would be so different. Blah, blah, blah. Give me a break. Give me a break. Yeah. If Kyle was black, remember the school shooter here in Texas who was black and then was let out on bail on the next day? Yeah. Maybe things would be different for Kyle if he was black. Probably be way more in his favor, mind you. Now, on top of all of that happening, remember that jurors as well were still uh, being filmed. Per Fox News, Rittenhouse judge says person caught filming jurors orders deletion along with new procedures. Rittenhouse is on trial for fatally shooting two men and ruining a third. That is the uh, the byline here. Uh, Wisconsin judge overseeing the murder trial of Kyle Rittenhouse announced Tuesday that deputies had caught someone recording video of the jurors earlier in the day and would be taking new steps to ensure that incident did not happen again, in addition to ordering the person delete the images. Now, several videos had come out of various people, Black Lives Matter members, saying that they were going to be doxing jurors if they made the wrong decision, that they were filming them, that they were taking pictures of them, that they knew who they were. And why do they do this? Why does the left do this? Because they want the jury to make a decision out of fear because they know that the mob will come and destroy them and try to kill them if they make the wrong choice. So I'm going to wrap it up there in regards to Rittenhouse because We've said a lot. I think I've said everything that I can say, and let's move on to other news now. But that's who the media is. That's who the left is. That's who these politicians are. We all know it. We all see it. And the reason why I still sit here with all of you and cut through all of the disinformation is because it is important to be able to sit down for 36 minutes and understand from the beginning to this ca- of this case to the close of it what lies were said. And what's actually true, because it's such a difficult thing to find nowadays. I want to talk about Dave Portnoy really quick as well, because the uh, Business Insider tried to put out a hit piece on him. And basically, uh, one of their star witnesses, he pointed out, was filmed on a TikTok saying that she would uh, allegedly, in an attempt to get out of classes, tell the dean of her school that she was a sexual assault victim, so that way she could get out of class. And that's who Business Insider used as their star witness to create an entire hit piece on Dave Portnoy and frame him as a sexual assaulter. Uh, Mike Cernovich points out Business Insider relied on the below source for a story accusing a man of being a sexual predator. This is the source laughing about making up false allegations. It's all a wicked game to the corporate media. There is no bottom. Believe nothing they tell you. And that's just another example to build upon the Rittenhouse trial and how the media has been framing that. Look at how Business Insider is attacking Dave Portnoy. On top of that, we also had this Axio piece came out that came out. Regarding Russian collusion, which we all had to sit through during Trump's almost entire presidency, he was also impeached over this. Uh, Axios writes a reckoning is hitting news organization for years old coverage of the 2017 still dossier after the document's primary source was charged with lying to the FBI. Why it matters. It's one of the most egregious journalistic errors in modern history. And the media's response to its own mistakes has so far been tepid. Outsized coverage of the unvetted document drove a media frenzy at the start of Donald Trump's presidency that helped drive a narrative of collusion between former President Trump and Russia. This is all we heard out of Rachel Maddow's mouth for years and years, and the media ran with this. And 
We had to hear about all of this stupid BS Russian collusion. And now Axios comes out and says, oh, yeah, well, the media was really wrong about that. Turns out that the Steele dossier was actually, uh, you know, created and funded by the Clinton campaign. And it was like all based on lies. And it wasn't really that big of a deal. Like the media just ran with it for years and tried to get Donald uh, Trump impeached because of that and, uh, you know, ruined his life and uh, made up a bunch of false stories. But it's no big deal. And is the media going to see any consequence for that? No, the media never does. The media never does. They can boldface lie to the people about whatever the hell they want to. But because they are propaganda arms of the authoritarian regime that has currently been installed in the White House, they will never, ever face consequence ever, which is why they continue to lie. And it's why people get so censored on social media, because social media and independent journalists have been a great way to combat the fake news and narrative that is constantly fed to us by the media every single day, which is why we are constantly slandered and attacked and silenced, because we are combating the stupid and false narrative constantly being pushed in our face every single day. So that is the media. Never, ever trust them. They are freaking liars. They don't care about truth. They don't care about justice. They don't care about your rights and freedoms. They don't care about this country. All they care about is collecting a paycheck and further helping with the controlled demolition of our entire society. Now let's take a peek at COVID news now and see what's going on on that front. In Austria, they have ordered a nationwide COVID lockdown for those who have been unvaccinated. Apparently, police will be enforcing a 10-day lockdown intended to combat rising numbers of COVID cases. The Austrian government has ordered a nationwide lockdown for unvaccinated people starting at midnight on Sunday. This was uh, this past Sunday to combat rising coronavirus infections and death. The move prohibits unvaccinated people 12 and older from leaving their homes except for basic activities. Activities such as working, grocery shopping, going for a walk, or getting vaccinated. And then their chancellor is quoted saying, My aim is very clearly to get the unvaccinated to get themselves vaccinated and not to look to lock down the vaccinated. In the long term, the way out of this vicious circle we are in, and it is a vicious circle, we are stumbling from wave to lockdown, and that can't carry on, is only vaccination. So the chancellor of Austria. Holding his people hostage, because that's what this is, Austria's chancellor is holding people hostage and basically saying, if you don't get vaccinated, we're going to keep you locked down. And until you get vaccinated, we will make everybody suffer. And I know right now in uh, Europe, in the Netherlands, uh, Germany is also eyeing a similar lockdown for the unvaccinated only. Um, the Netherlands is also thinking about closing restaurants back down again, going back into lockdown. And uh, that's what we're currently seeing. Now, despite all of the science that has come forth since COVID was since brought onto the earth, since released from the Wuhan lab in China, it's changed so much. But for some reason, nobody wants to adhere to that. And now the unvaccinated are public enemy number one. And we are the ones that are being punished and quarantined, not here in America yet, but in Austria, for a virus with an over 99% survival rate. Remember that John Hopkins study of over 48,000 children where they had a 0% mortality rate of dying from COVID if they had no underlying conditions. On top of that, the vaccination doesn't even stop the spread of COVID and I believe we're now on pushing our third and even fourth booster shot all around the world and here in America. 
But tell me again how locking down the unvaccinated is going to help anything. Also, I'm sure in regards to the unvaccinated, you didn't hear this from the media. A New York attorney submitted a FOIA request to the CDC, and they had to admit that they had no record of an unvaccinated person spreading COVID after recovering from COVID. And this is the actual document here. The Center of Disease Control uh, Disease Control and Prevention documents reflecting any documented case of an individual who never received a COVID-19 vaccine, was infected with COVID once, recovered, and then later became infected again and transmitted COVID-19 to another person when reinfected. The CDC responded and said a search of our records failed to reveal any documents pertaining to your request. The CDC Emergency Operations Center conveyed that this information is not collected. So in Austria right now, the unvaccinated are being put into lockdown. And here in America, because we have, you know, a pretty big population. So you think that America, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control would probably want to collect information on whether or not the unvaccinated who have gotten COVID, you know, if they have spread COVID after recovering from it. You think that that's something that we would want to know, especially since the unvaccinated are still being barred from going to restaurants and gyms in various states here, since the unvaccinated are public enemy number one, since we are the ones that are being targeted in society, since unvaccinated people are losing their jobs and livelihood. You think that's something that the CDC would have wanted to research beforehand. But no, they apparently have no record of an unvaccinated person spreading COVID after having previously recovered from the virus. And that is just further confirmation that none of this is about science and the fact that we are constantly seeing information like this being censored off of the face of the earth. The fact that you can't even talk about this on YouTube. So Lord willing that this stays up on my channel is just further confirmation that this is not about science. It's not, it's not about your health. It's not about your protection. It is about the government coming in and taking away our rights and freedoms. Now, also, if this was about our protection, then you think that everyone would be able to receive medical care, right? Well, my good friend Harrison Smith was actually denied a monoclonal antibody treatment this past weekend in Austin, Texas, because of his skin tone. Let's watch this quick clip. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be able to get it today because mm -hmm. I don't qualify. Yep, what if qualify. I what if I like smoke and vape? I heard that was uh... no, no, no. OK. But if I were black and Hispanic, then I'd be able to qualify. Okay, I'm being <laughs> denied medical service because of my race. Is that? Meet the criteria. Yeah. So what I do, I go around and make sure everyone meets the criteria. Okay. So yeah, that's the criteria that was set for. If you were 65, you'd be good. But nope, you're healthy and you're um, healthy and no medical conditions. So research showed that you should be able to fight off COVID. Okay, so she said a couple of things there, okay? So you're healthy, research shows that you should be able to just fight off COVID with your natural immunity. Uh, also, this was the first time that Harrison had gotten COVID. So this was his first time dealing with it. Apparently, per this nurse, if you are a young, healthy individual, naturally, you should be able to get over it. But more importantly here, because this clip did go very vi viral, Harrison was denied medical care for one of the most dangerous, dangerous viruses in the history of ever. Because of his skin tone, because he wasn't an at-risk minority, because he wasn't black or Hispanic, he was denied this treatment. What the hell is going on in this country? And if you think that that's peak insanity, well, 
Apparently, there's been a mystery rise in heart attacks as well, because we all know that uh, the vaccine is the only thing that's going to cure us all from COVID and the only way we're all going to get out of this. And there's no adverse effects to it either. And it's safe and effective per the CDC and Rochelle Walensky. Well, a lot of weird articles and headlines are coming out because uh, Harrison's not vaccinated. That's why he went to go get the uh, the antibody treatment, why he was trying to get over that, you know, with his natural immunity, because he's not vaccinated. Which, you know, personal decision. Everyone should have the decision whether or not they want to be vaccinated. Many people don't want to be because they're worried about the adverse effects, many of which we're not aware of because big tech is constantly censoring them. But a lot of really strange articles have been coming out lately and headlines like this one uh, from The Times says mystery rise in heart attacks from blocked arteries. It's a mystery, guys. Also, climate change may cause increased rates of heart defects in babies. A new study predicts that increases in maternal heat exposure across the United States will lead to 7,000 additional cases of congenital heart defects. Huh. Cannabis also may be linked to a growing number of heart attacks in younger adults and a rise in heart attacks have been attributed to pandemic stress and poor diet. That's so weird, you guys, that all of these headlines are talking about all of these mystery rise in heart attacks that can be linked to stress and food and all of these young, healthy people who, you know, smoked weed for the past couple of decades. Yeah. I mean, we never saw studies like this come out before in regards to heart attacks, but now it's just all these weird things that are calling, causing heart attacks and heart defects in infants, but we're just going to blame it on a climate change and people's diets. Really weird. Also, Elijah Schaefer pointed this one out that if you type in died suddenly into Google. There's a lot of articles about people who just suddenly died and nobody knows why. It's just like a really weird phenomenon that's happening right now and no one can really put their finger on it. Um, <clears throat> totally unrelated to that, I'm going to show you guys uh, yesterday's page eight of the Herald Sun. It says dozens of jab teens suffer rare Pfizer side effect. And of course, it talks about how they all had a rare heart condition after their first dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine in the past two months. And they are 55 youngsters between the ages of 12 and 19 years old. Whew. I mean, it's so strange that that's happening, um, that the vaccine was introduced this past year. And simultaneously, when that happened, <clears throat> one of the you know side effects of that being myocarditis, heart inflammation, heart attack-like symptoms, uh, in the same year that that's been introduced, we're also seeing a mystery rise in heart attacks due to uh, people's food intake and weed and climate change. It's just so strange how that all works out. And also remember, too, guys, if you're not scared enough of COVID, the media is always going to come in and make sure that you stay scared of climate change, at least. Apparently, the climate crisis is forcing women and girls to sell their bodies, a family Family fell on such hard times after a cyclone that when a man offered their daughter a job, they agreed. They later learned she was forced into a sex trade. So the climate crisis getting so bad in society, guys, that women are now having to give up their bodies to human trafficking and sex trafficking. Climate change needs to be stopped. We all need to be very, very afraid of it. Uh, please remember, everybody, get vaccinated or the sun will continue to murder us and climate change will flood the earth. I don't know how any of that makes sense. It's not supposed to make sense, but that's essentially science. If you don't get vaccinated, the icebergs will melt and we will flood and die. That's essentially science in 2021. It really is. It really is. <sighs>
Anyways, back to the safe and effective vaccine. So apparently over 100 kids were given the wrong dose of a COVID vaccine in a pharmacy in Virginia. Let's watch that quick clip. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why there's a mysterious rise in heart attacks and young people and weird side effects. Uh, maybe it's because of stuff like this. For tonight, we begin with breaking news out of Loudoun County. That is where more than 100 kids received the wrong dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. This is according to the Virginia Department of Health. It tells Fox 5 it happened on November 3rd and 4th, which is last Wednesday and Thursday. This happened at the Ted Pharmacy in Aldi, Virginia. The Department of Health saying it incorrectly administered the vaccine that was created for kids 12 and older to kids under 12. The health department says the mishap resulted in those children getting a lower dose than recommended. The pharmacy has been ordered by state and federal authorities to stop administering the vaccine. The pharmacy and the health department are now reaching out to those affected parents with Okay, so this isn't the first time that I've covered a story of children being given the wrong doses of the vaccine. And why is this something that I've been continuously covering? You know, they want people to stop being conspiracy theorists and saying that the vaccination is for depopulation efforts. But then we see videos of Bill Gates come out and saying that if a vaccine is effective, then 10 to 15 percent of the population will decline. And then we continue to report on mysterious heart attack like symptoms and then children accidentally getting the wrong doses of vaccination over and over and over and over again. I'm pretty sure for the past couple of weeks consecutively, I have reported that children have been given the wrong dosage at it just seems very suspicious to me and it doesn't seem very safe or effective. Well, let's please, 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 everybody, let's please continue listening to the CDC and Dr. Fauci because they are God. They are the ultimate arbiters of truth in society. And anything that anybody else says counter to the CDC is just verifiably false. We just have to get that out there and we have to say it because you know, we have to make sure that we're we're being true and safe and effective with with what we're relaying to the public. So that's what's currently going on uh, with the vaccination, all this just mysterious, mysterious stuff happening. People are getting upset about it, not only with the vaccinations, but also with the face masks. And a second grader in Florida, and this is the most badass, I believe she's eight years old, uh, that I've ever seen. Now, this second grader has been suspended 38 times for not wearing her face mask and tells the school board that she hopes that they go to jail. Let's listen to this little girl's speech. She's freaking awesome. And she has more chutzpah gumption and passion and fire for her rights than the average American man. So men, take note. Let's listen. My name is Fiona Lachaz and I am in second grade at Discovery Key Elementary. I am back to talk to you again today. And for anyone who thinks I didn't write my speech, last time is wrong. I wanted to be here then, just like I do now. Sorry if I am supposed to be scared when I see people yelling at these meetings. So I am back today, and tomorrow is my birthday. I am going to get suspended if I don't wear a mask for three more days, just because I get suspended for not wearing a mask isn't going to change my mind. You can keep suspending me. I still have the right not to wear a mask. It is not fair that I'm getting punished because you guys, the school board, are not following the law. That is not fair. It just isn't right. I'm still going to stand up for what I believe in, and nothing's going to change my mind. I've been getting suspended a lot because I'm wearing a mask 
Do you know how dirty masks are? Because you touch the mask, you put it on your face, you breathe all those germs in because you have lots of bacterias on your hand. Oh, and okay, yeah, I hope you all go to jail for doing this to me. So this eight-year-old is a freaking hero. This eight-year-old is my new hero. And that is the next generation that's coming up. And I really love to see it. Parents are getting really upset right now because their kids are being indoctrinated in schools. And I've never seen so many parents talking about homeschooling their kids. Honestly, the millennial generation has was raised to be extremely selfish. We were raised to think that having children was a bad thing, that being selfless and raising somebody else was a bad thing. And with that same mentality, a lot of parents don't want to homeschool their kids because they're like, well, what about my career? What about my life? What about your kid? What about raising your own kid and making sure that they're not being taught that drag queen, like drag queen trannies twerking in their faces is okay and pedophilia is a good thing? What about that? Because, and we'll be getting into this here in a minute, but the pedophiles are on the rise and it's absolutely not okay. But shout out to this eight-year-old little girl in Florida. She's freaking awesome. She's my new hero. And we all need to take a page out of this little girl's book, have some courage, and stand up for our rights. Now, let's go ahead and wrap up some of our COVID news here with the fact that uh, last week, Pfizer CEO said people who spread misinformation on the COVID-19 vaccine are criminals. Uh, we've reported on this previously, but again, anyone in the chat who hasn't done this yet, go to Google right now and type in who has the largest criminal fine in U.S. history. It's Pfizer. Yeah, go read into that a little bit. But apparently, if you spread misinformation on the COVID vaccine, you're a criminal. Now, this article came out of Australia, and I thought it was well worth mentioning since we're on the uh, the topic of Pfizer. TGA requests information from Pfizer after medical journal alleges contractor falsifies safety data. An investigation by a respected medical journal has alleged serious issues with Pfizer's vaccine safety trials, including claims of falsified data. So apparently the Therapeutic Goods Administration has stressed that Pfizer's vaccine is highly safe and effective and that Australians should not be concerned about the issues raised. However, um, a Texas-based contractor involved in the phase three trials for Pfizer's COVID vaccine last year, um, she was basically let go because she provided uh, a bunch of documents, dozens of internal company documents, photos, audios, recordings, and emails recounting that she repeatedly notified the company of problems with the vaccine before finally emailing a complaint to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. She ended up being sacked that same day. According to Brooke Jackson, a former regional director at Ventavia, the company falsified data, unblinded patients, employed inadequately trained vaccinators vaccinators and was slow to follow up on adverse events. So that's Pfizer, the same, you know, Pfizer who says that you are criminal for spreading vaccine misinformation, the same Pfizer who last week requested that the FDA grant emergency use authorization for its COVID-19 boosters for all adults. Also, Bloomberg, funny enough, came out with this tweet today saying that it may turn out that the term booster is a bit of a misnomer and that the correct number of shots for maximum efficacy isn't yet known. Oh my gosh, you guys, who could have seen that coming? That's okay. That's it's okay. Because you know what? Pfizer, they had a great third quarter. Their fourth quarter going to be even freaking better, you guys. It's going to be amazing. We got to get those profits up. And if we can't get profits up, we can't get those booster sales up if we don't keep giving people boosters. So it's not really 
two shots that's going to be enough or three shots, maybe four, maybe five. We really don't know, which is why right now um, the senior lead NBA insider writer says that the NBA has informed teams that the league and MBPA is recommending that all players, coaches, and tier one personnel receive a booster vaccine dose as soon as possible in light of the current coronavirus situation and increasing cases. Who could have ever seen that one coming? Well, after one shot, it wasn't enough. After two shots, it wasn't enough. Well, you just need your third booster. Okay, just a fourth. Well, maybe not just a fifth. Actually, we really don't know. So let's just keep on taking one. Just keep taking them. Just keep on taking them. And there's people in society that will, like Piers Morgan. Uh, Jordan Chattel asks Piers Morgan, when's the fourth shot scheduled for Piers? And Piers Morgan says, whenever I'm told to have one to help save my life from a deadly virus, getting COVID shots is the easiest thing in the world. Unless you're a little scaredy cat who's read too many dumb conspiracy theories, then it's totally terrifying. Oh, good Lord, Piers Morgan. All right. I mean... You should keep getting booster shots then. You know, uh, that's natural selection at that point, my guy. That's all I got to say about that. Now, I keep saying we're going to wrap up here and we will wrap up because we're hitting about an hour. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me. But there's just so much juicy news that we have to keep bringing in. Uh, for example, Dennis Prager was trending last week in regards to his comments on the unvaccinated and uh, the AIDS crisis. He's quoted saying during the AIDS crisis, can you imagine if gay men and intravenous drug users had they been pariahs the way the non-vaccinated are, but it would have been inconceivable. And then Chasden Buttigieg, who is Pete Buttigieg's husband, says AIDS patients died because people feared simply touching them would lead to infection. Families abandoned their own children to be buried in unmarked graves. Let us know where we can send the books, Dennis. God forbid you read one. Chasden, 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 Chasden. Why did this happen? Who was responsible for the AIDS crisis and leading America through that? And who was responsible for instilling this fear into the American public to where people feared that simply by touching an AIDS patient, it would lead them to infection? Also, I'll give you guys a hint here. If we replace AIDS with COVID, the same mentality rings true today. Let's let's do that, actually. <clears throat> so we're of formatting this tweet here from Traston. Instead of AIDS patients, we're going to put COVID patients died because people feared simply touching them would lead to infection. Families abandoned their own children to be buried in unmarked graves. Let us know where we can send the books, Dennis. God forbid you read one. So really interesting how if we re replace AIDS with COVID, it's kind of like a lot of people have the same mentality. Isn't that kind of crazy? Uh, who was responsible for leading the AIDS crisis and who was responsible for instilling this fear in people? Let's find out. We may be starting to see, as we're seeing virtually as the months go by, other groups that can be involved. And, and seeing it in children is really quite disturbing. When you say other close contact, give me some examples. Well, for example, if, if the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individuals who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS or at risk of AIDS who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact that one sees. Okay, so that was Dr. Fauci during the AIDS crisis back in the day. And it sounds very similar to his rhetoric on COVID, doesn't it, guys? But I don't know. I'm just a crazy conspiracy theorist. And uh, that's all I've got to say for today. Now, we're going to wrap up with three more things here. We're going to talk about the indoctrination of our kids in schools because a school 
in Boston made the teachers take a class on inclusive terms they should use in their classroom. And this was one of the handouts. We can avoid erasing women and non-binary people from everyday conversations by using gender neutral descriptions. Some examples include folks, folks, or everybody. Instead of guys or ladies and gentlemen, humankind instead of mankind, people instead of man, men, members of Congress instead of congressmen, council person instead of councilman or councilwoman, first year student instead of freshman, machine made, synthetic or artificial instead of man made. And then it goes on and on and on. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it's so funny to me how they say that we can avoid erasing women from conversation by using these terms which erase women from the conversation but okay boston y'all do you this is how teachers are being told to speak to their students now on top of that we had an arizona school board president who kept a secret dossier on parents opposed to critical race theory and mask mandates that was discovered after he accidentally sent a link to a mom a private investigator ran background checks and filmed parents scottsdale school board president jan michael greenberg faces calls to resign he faces claims that he had access to an online dossier about parents online file contains personal info on parents who protested district policy they included their social security numbers financial information and even their divorce records. District claims Greenberg's father is to blame for compiling the strange dossier. The dossier came to light when Greenberg accidentally shared a link in a screenshot. So that's how parents are being treated who oppose critical race theory. And then who are the people who are in our universities, who are in our schools that are indoctrinating our children? I was just talking about how a record number of parents are homeschooling their kids or are looking to homeschool their children because of the intense indoctrination that our children are being faced with. Well, these are the type of people that are in our universities. Uh, this is a non-binary assistant professor at Old Dominion University. So much for that question. Um, I use the term minor attracted person or MAP uh, in the title and throughout the book for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, because I think it's important to use terminology for groups that members of that group want others to use for them. Um, and MAP advocacy groups like Before You Act um, have advocated for use of the term map. Um, they've advocated for it primarily because it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile. Uh, a lot of people, when they hear the term pedophile, they automatically assume that it means a sex offender. Uh, and that isn't true. And it leads to a lot of misconceptions about attractions toward minors. Um, I've definitely heard the idea that you brought up, though, that the use of the term minor attracted person suggests that it's OK to be attracted to children. Uh, but using a term. OK, so I'm not going to finish this video because I noticed that a lot of you guys don't even want to listen to it. But what this person basically says, it's they never condemn being attracted to a minor and they never condemn pedophilia. They condemn people's use of the word pedophilia as a negative connotation that we shouldn't be saying. The only thing I'll say in regards to pedophilia is that if you touch children, you deserve the death sentence. That's it. Point blank. Pedophiles have no place in this society. And the fact that we have people in the open saying that we shouldn't be calling pedophiles pedophiles because of the negative connotation and we should be you know, altering our language to make them feel more included. Disgusting. Death sentence. All right, that's all I got to say today, guys. Uh, I'm wrapping up this episode of 
rapid fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We covered a lot. Thank you so much always for the support. Please remember, if you like the show, go leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts specifically. We're almost at 200 reviews. Please, guys, before the month ends, let's get up to 200 reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me grow in the charts and it helps people discover the show. So please go leave a five-star review if you like the show. I'm also going to start reading your reviews on the show. It's a free way to support me. So please go leave a five-star review. Link is down below. Also, if you'd like to support me, go to my locals, safsaysofficial.locals.com. You can go support me there. I post on there a lot and I put exclusive live streams on that platform. I also have a website, safsaysofficial.com, where all of my content can live uncensored. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez and pedophiles have no place in our society. We're ending on that note. Bye.